welcome to sharing real hope. My name is Mike Hall. Here's a question for you. What role does prayer currently play in your life? A 2014 Pew Research survey found that 55% of Americans say they pray daily. I believe that probably some of that praying is students praying, Oh Lord, even though I didn't study enough for this test, please help me to pass it. And other prayers like that. 21% of Americans, those surveyed, said that they pray weekly or monthly. Listen to this. 63% of Christians say praying regularly is an essential part of their Christian identification. So, my question to you is this. Are you satisfied with your prayer life? If I were to do a survey of those who claim to be followers of Christ, I have a feeling that the majority of them would say, not satisfied. And if you're in that number, you would not be alone. The disciples of Jesus, the twelve who followed Him, uh, they, they were there too. Listen to what Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. There was a request of these followers, these disciples, these learners of Jesus. It was a good request. Lord, teach us to pray. You know, rabbis would often compose prayers for their disciples, according to uh, Dr. John MacArthur. Do you know that uh, in this verse, there's a phrase that I want you to pick up on. It says, while he was praying, while Jesus was praying. The disciples were asking because he was their rabbi, he was their, their teacher, their mentor, and rabbis did compose prayers for, for their followers, but this was a bigger thing than that. They saw an example right before them. They saw Jesus' prayer life. And I want to talk a little bit about that today because Jesus had an extensive prayer life. There is much in the Gospels about Jesus praying I think that's interesting because Jesus was not only fully man, but He was fully God. There is no doubt about it. He is the and was the God-man. And you see, even as a, a man that walked this earth fully divine as well, He had to pray. He prayed. And so, let's look at it for a moment. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21 We're told, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. Now, I'm sure that you've you've heard about uh, the baptism of Jesus, and you've heard about the fact that the voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, and you've heard about the Holy Spirit descending on Him like a dove and lighting on Him. But did you realize that as he was being baptized, he was praying as well? Starting his ministry off praying. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 says, But he, Jesus, would withdraw to desolate places often 
often and pray. So from the very earliest stages of his public ministry, Jesus made prayer an integral part of that. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Early in the morning, he started his day off in prayer. I want to ask you, um, have you thought about, if you don't already, starting your day off in prayer? Uh, I try to make it my habit on a daily basis, and and I'm not lifting myself up as the perfect example because I'm far from it. But in my later years, I've tried to make it my habit on a daily basis. When I open my eyes in the morning, uh, the first thing I want to do is just quickly breathe a prayer up to the Lord to start the day off right. It's just a couple of sentences. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for a good night's rest. Thank you for a new day. Help me, Lord, in this day to honor you. Something as simple as that. It, it reminds me. It starts my day off right. But Jesus... <laughs> He took it far beyond that. He got up while it was still dark and he walked out of the house and he went out to a desolate place where he was totally alone and talked to his father. Think about that for a moment. Then Luke chapter 6 verse 12 says, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. The entire night in prayer. And in this particular case, here in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it was the night before appointing some of his followers as his apostles. You see, he had called them to follow him, but now he is appointing them to be his specific, uh, special sent ones, the apostles, capital A, the twelve. Jesus spent the entire night in prayer before he did that. I have to ask myself the question, in my 27 plus years of pastoring, were there any nights that I spent the entire night in prayer before a major decision? And I have to honestly say, with with regret, I don't think there was ever a night where I spent the entire night in prayer. And I'm not suggesting that your prayer life is bad or lacking if you don't pray all night. I'm not doing that. But I am saying, look at our Savior. Uh, What He teaches, He teaches first and foremost by His personal example, by the way He lived His prayer life. Well, um, in Matthew chapter 14, Verse verse 19 and verse 23, there was something going on there, and it was the miraculous feeding of the 5,000. And actually, uh, that would better be said, the miraculous feeding of probably the 20,000 plus, because it was 5,000 men plus women and children. So there's a good chance there were 20,000 or more people there. And the scriptures say in verse 19 of Matthew 14, And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Even in the midst of that divine, awesome, powerful miracle, Jesus took the time to say thank you. But look, 
after it was all over, in verse 23, it says this, after he had dismissed them, Jesus had dismissed them, this crowd of 20,000 plus, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So after this great, miraculous event, Jesus uh, sent the people away and off he went again up on the mountainside alone to pray. Are you seeing a pattern develop here? Um, You know, one of the things that I've learned in in, uh, years of ministry, and many people have confirmed this, you know, after what seems to be a great victory, a great accomplishment, uh, you've reached a goal, you've seen something wonderful happen, that you've been working toward in ministry and in people's lives, and you have that victory, uh, there tends to be after that a letdown. And it is a time when we are more vulnerable than we realize. You know, it's a time we're rejoicing and thankful and, and celebrating that wonderful victory and, and, and so on. But then the enemy is there, isn't he? And Jesus modeled for us what to do after great events, great victories. And that is to get somewhere and get on our face before Almighty God and depend on Him in in prayer. Well, uh, moving forward in Luke chapter 22, verse number 17 and, and verse 19, we have on the night before He died, Jesus with His disciples in the upper room, And they were celebrating the Passover. And out of that Passover, Jesus institutes what we now call the Lord's Supper or communion or the Lord's table. And it's something that we have been remembering and celebrating now for over 2,000 years since Jesus instituted it. But again, an integral part of that whole business of the Lord's table was prayer. Verse 17, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. He gave thanks. And when he broke the bread again, he gave thanks. Uh, there was two separate prayers right there in the, Lord's, in, the, in the Lord's table. And then, as the night closed, he prayed again as they got ready to leave the, the upper room. And then they sang a song and they went out in, into the night And they went to a place that they went to often, and that was the Garden of Gethsemane. And there, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed again. And uh, that prayer is recorded in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 46, and Luke chapter 22. In both of those places, we see the prayer of Jesus. And that prayer was one that was was intense. Uh, The Scriptures say, that he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. And he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup, this cup of suffering that he was facing, be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. You see, he was praying for God's will. And, and, you know, it wasn't that he was just praying out of fear of the physical suffering that he was facing, and that was bad. But the suffering that Jesus experienced that night was so far beyond and so much deeper than the physical suffering. It was the suffering of taking the sins of others on himself who had never sinned and never has sinned. And being separated from his father 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Quoting Psalm 22 there as he hung on the cross. Being forsaken of God on the behalf of others who would later on come. Me, you, if you're a follower of Christ, who would come in repentance and have our sins forgiven. And Jesus is there in the garden before all of it happened. And he prayed and it said he prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood. And there is, uh, from what I've heard, even a physical condition where the blood comes through the pores when somebody is under intense stress and pressure. Jesus was there and there was that intensity. And where was he? On his face before God praying because in just a little bit, the soldiers and the religious leaders would come into the garden and he would be betrayed by one of his own and he would be arrested. And you know the rest of the story. But he preceded all of that with prayer. We're talking about God, a very God. We're talking about the Son of God, God the Son, who made it his business to pray and to pray with intensity, but yet to pray, not my will, but your will be done. Well, I hope that as you consider the prayer life of Jesus, as you see His example, you'll be encouraged to again take a look at your own prayer life, not out of, out, out of legalism, not out of, um, not, not out of the necessity to satisfy some list, but, but out of the realization that you have to develop and I have to develop a mindset, an attitude, uh, a lifestyle of dependence on God in prayer. Just like our Savior, as He walked this earth in His public ministry, depended so much on His Father in prayer. May be, you be encouraged today in your prayer life. Come back next week at the same time and we'll talk some more about this. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.